You're listening to the Peak Physique Podcast with Andre Adams on the NASM Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Peak Physique Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Adams, IFBB Pro Physique Athlete and also NASM Master Trainer. Today, I'm excited to share with you one of my favorite topics. I get this question quite a bit, and you know, sometimes it resurfaces over time, but it's referring to BFR or blood flow restriction training. You may have also heard of this, maybe coined occlusion training. Uh, there's some different acronyms there, and, and as well as uh, even tourniquet training. It's another term I've heard in the past. And we're gonna talk about what is this technique? You know, Is it something that physique athletes should even be employing? Is there a benefit? What are potential risks? And most importantly, how can a physique athlete or coach leverage it, you know, for competitive advantage when you're training for hypertrophy? Let's start by defining what is BFR training. So again, blood flow restriction, probably the most common name or occlusion training is defined as an exercise technique that involves placing a set of elastic bands near the top of a limb, right? So the more uh, proximal to the joint, uh, normally, it's just going to be an arm or a leg. And the goal of effectively is to restrict blood flow returning back out of that muscle while still allowing the arteries to carry, you know, fresh oxygenated blood into the muscles. And the goal kind of high level is really to mimic an environment that's similar to very high damage or high intense training, right, where you're building up a lot of lactic acid due to an anaerobic state where there's not much oxygen inside the muscle. And we're starting to cause a little bit of muscle trauma to ultimately induce hypertrophy, muscle hypertrophy. And one of the benefits that I like to um, speak about, and we'll go a little bit deeper in this throughout the podcast, is that you don't have to really train heavy. You know, this was maybe a year ago, I was on my good buddy, Rick Ritchie, Dr. Rick Ritchie's podcast. And we talked a bit about some of the mechanisms of hypertrophy. And, you know, most people are more familiar with really breaking down a ton of muscle tissue and training super hard. But this is one of those fascinating phenomena where we can induce an environment that gives you a similar stimulus, a similar outcome. However, you're using much, much lighter weights, usually 30 to 50% lighter weights and higher volumes to achieve that outcome. So let's dive right in. Let's talk about some of the benefits first of occlusion or BFR training. As I mentioned, it's really about tricking your body into thinking that you're working harder than you actually are, right? Eight-time Mr. Olympia, one of the greatest of all time, Lee Haney once said, work smarter, not harder. This can be a very good tool in your toolbox. I wouldn't say it's the foundation of your physique training, but it can be definitely complementary to the rest of your strength training for a physique athlete. Another benefit is it allows you to train with lighter weights and higher volumes. I'll go into specific acute variables, you know, sets, reps, tempo, uh, how much loading you should be doing, uh, et cetera, throughout the podcast. But just know that one of the takeaways there is that you're generally using much lighter weights, which is going to have some downstream benefits like less impact, wear and tear on the joints, uh, soft tissue, tendons, ligaments, and this sort of thing. And it's also, um, again, useful for really avoiding high muscle damage scenarios uh, or those with weight restrictions. So think about a scenario where maybe you're coming off of an injury, 
Um, you know, you're not able to lift to your full capacity, but you still want to make sure that you put enough stimulus on the muscle so that you don't regress. This could be a particular tool that you can employ to make sure you maintain your muscle mass. Um, you know, older people, not necessarily physique athletes, but people that maybe have osteoporosis, things with bone mineral density and, and things like this, where they don't want high amount of loads on the bones and the muscles. Again, BFR occlusion training may be a good tool. And then I'll also say specific to the physique athlete, if you're not currently doing a deload week in your periodization and your programming, highly recommend adding one maybe every eighth week or so. And this can vary significantly by the individual's needs. But, you know, we're creating a ton of muscle trauma, ton of inflammation in the body through intense training over time. It's a really good idea to mix in a deload week. And during that deload week, your goal is to improve your recovery, improve, uh, you know, reduce, I should say, inflammation inside the muscles. However, you should still be looking at ways to increase circulation and, you know, giving some stimulus to the muscles so that you don't atrophy. And this could be a very good tool for that deload scenario as well. Let's pause and talk about how it works. What are the mechanics and the principles behind occlusion training? And there are some actual certificates or certifications that you can go through if you want to learn more about this. A um, lot of information and really good case studies online as well. In a nutshell, how occlusion training works is we're tapping into several components of those mechanisms of hypertrophy. So if you're currently taking the NASM PBC course, again, pay attention on those mechanisms of hypertrophy. These are going to be your best friend. You've got mechanical tension. You've got exercise-induced muscle damage or trauma to the muscle tissue. And then you've got metabolic stress. When we're thinking kind of high level about occlusion or BFR training, we're really emphasizing that metabolic stress phenomena. And then we're adding almost a fourth component to that, which is really forcing the blood flow to expand the cellular tissue, right? So we're not necessarily breaking anything down, but we are giving a, you know, this extra stimulus with this extra volume of maybe nutrient dense blood flow. And we're forcing that tissue to expand um, almost like muscle uh, fascial stretch training, right? FST training. And that's really where we're getting most of that benefit. Now, earlier, I mentioned that we're, you know, focusing on an anaerobic state. So we're allowing some blood flow coming in through the arteries, but we're restricting the amount of return blood flow through the veins. Now, under those conditions, what, what's going to happen is you start to build up these inorganic phosphates and byproducts, one of them being lactic acid. If you didn't listen to my recent episode here on Peak Physique Podcast for lactic acidosis, now's a great time to go back and listen. You know, once we run out of oxygen and we're starting to produce more lactic acid buildup inside the muscle, that's going to lead to hypertrophy, which is what we want to achieve, right, um, throughout the, the process. We're trying to create that environment to stimulate muscle growth. So that's the main thing we're looking at. Out of those mechanisms, metabolic stress, extra lactic acid, and then this additional component of blood flow and increased circulation without oxygen. Uh, recapping, right, arteries are allowing blood in, veins are starting to restrict blood out since we are technically, you know, we're, we're squeezing or creating some compression near the top of that joint. So proximal to the body, uh, the top of an arm or a leg, let's take the arm for instance, we're going to tie that elastic band we're going to adjust the pressure specific to the individual, you know, maybe um, 30 to 50% restriction on the arm or 50 to 80% restriction on the leg. 
and then we're going to begin our training and we'll talk about sets and reps in this a little bit later on here now what are we doing effectively we're starting to create that muscle trauma through the oxygen depletion you're stimulating that lactic acid and then you're inducing cellular swelling as the primary stimulus for hypertrophy in this scenario and under this environment your muscles are going to effectively grow without taxing the central nervous system as intensely as you would under you know a really high damage day where you're moving super heavy weights for you know three to five reps or something like this and you're breaking down a lot of tissue so just some of the key fundamental differences on how it works um, positioning those bands the up at the top part of the limb between the muscle that you're trying to target that limb uh, versus you know the, the most proximal joint to the to the body in that case if you guys are just joining us welcome to another episode of the peak physique podcast i'm your host andre adams ifbb physique olympian we're talking about blood flow restriction, BFR, tourniquet, occlusion training, whatever you might call it. However, you want to define that, right? We're talking about using those bands to create that extra stimulus inside the muscle and different ways that we can get creative to achieve uh, an outcome, right? A muscular hypertrophy outcome. There are some risks too that we'll, we'll kind of talk about who should be doing or could be doing occlusion training and then who might want to avoid that later on. Before we get there, I'll tell you some of my personal experiences too, because as you guys will find out through subsequent episodes here, if you've been following the podcast, I've got tons of stories. I've been doing this for about 25, 26 years, and I've probably tried every technique I can possibly think of. This one stood out to me about probably 10 to 15 years ago. It's been a while. And I thought it was a very fascinating technique. It's all about the pump, right? Arnold said it in pumping iron. And I remember using some just pretty basic, I think they might've even been, you know, when you get a, a joint injury, you have like the elastic wrap that you put around your joint. I remember using those, restricting them down to about 30 to 50%, um, just kind of estimating the amount of uh, tension in that uh, elastic band, you know, going right between the upper arm, so the bicep and the shoulder. Um, and, you know, here was the thing is you wanna train with lighter loads, right? So in that case, Think about 30 to 40% of your one rep max, as an example, and then you're doing high volumes, you know, 20, 25, 30 reps of pumping. Um, and then you try to limit this too to about eight to 20 minutes at a time. And you'll, you'll know why once you've done it. If you haven't done occlusion training, your arms or legs will be on fire. They get heavy, they're out of oxygen, they're full of lactic acid, and they feel like they're going to explode because the pump gets so strong, especially if you're also taking a good pre workout, you know, something with some arginine, agmatine, sulfate, and citrulline, for example, it's going to just amplify the pump, right? Where it can get a bit uncomfortable. But I did a little case study of my own, very informal. I just wanted to see what the benefit was with and without. I think I was training for one of my shows at the time, and I, I did kind of a completely you know, flat state, haven't pumped up, haven't done anything yet, measured my arms. My arms were about 18.3, 18.4 inches roughly. And after about 30 to 40 minutes of training under the uh, BFR occlusion training bands, I took the bands off and I kid you not, my arms were about 20 inches after. Uh, so that transformation before and after spoke volumes to me. Now, are your arms going to stay 20 inches? Probably not. However, you know, if you're trying to maxify, maximize muscle growth, 
maybe it's even a tactic you employ backstage at a show when you're in the pump room getting ready to go on stage and you're trying to fill out those arms and legs. This could be a useful tool to keep in your back pocket. Um, let's just kind of detail out some of those steps, though, on how to best utilize the occlusion bands. And you can get these on most websites that carry, you know, strength training equipment. Um, I've even gotten some off of Amazon. So uh, pretty easy. Or you can make your own like I did. But you do want to start with putting that band either at the top of your thigh, right between the hip and let's say the quad or the top of the arm between the bicep and the shoulder. Um, you know, the more advanced ones, there, there are some actual legitimate ones that have, you know, pressure readings to see how much pressure you're actually doing. But those are very expensive, usually not necessary. As a trainer, um, you know, we're looking at there's a term called LOP, limb occlusion pressure. We're just estimating that based on uh, feedback loop from the athlete, right? So I go for 30 to 50% on the arms uh, restriction and then 50 to 80%. So a little bit tighter on the legs, larger muscles, a um, lot more blood flow. We need to do a little bit more restriction there generally. And then here's the key. When you're programming your acute variables, you want to stick with very light weights, not Ronnie Coleman lightweights, but actual lightweights, right? So we're talking maybe 30%, 40% of your one rep max and higher volumes for sure. I like to go personally 25 to 30 reps per exercise, uh, three to five sets. And then I try to target maybe eight to 20 minutes at the most um, per muscle group, right? Before I move on. Um, maybe some athletes need a little bit more. Maybe you need a little bit less if you're new to this style of training, but it's definitely something that will give you a different type of experience. You'll notice a different type of sensation in the muscles. And again, I wouldn't use this as the foundation of my strength training. However, it's a very complementary technique that can be employed to optimize or maybe your body's so used to your strength training, you're trying to add these, uh, you know, these changes in to get to that next level to get 1% better. That's maybe a time to do your burnout sets or pick a day. Maybe you've got a deload day during the week and you want to do a little um, occlusion training. Um, again, Anytime you're having like joint pain, uh, ligament pain, especially throughout the course of a long prep, I always recommend scheduling those deload weeks. That's really the optimal time for me when I would employ those in my own particular prep. Now, what to avoid? Let's talk about some risks. As with any training techniques, there is always a possibility of overdoing it, or maybe it's just not a good technique for that particular client, right? One thing obviously is over tightening the bands. So I do see some people that maybe don't understand the concept and they over tighten the bands to the extent that they're not really allowing blood in or out right that can cause some other issues or injury potentially so make sure that you're kind of assessing whether it's yourself or a client um, how tight the bands are don't overdo it you know uh, 30 to 50 percent upper body 50 to 80 percent at the most for the lower body and then adjust up or down from there limit the exposure and the use eight eight to 20 minutes at a time Give yourself a little rest and then move on. Um, again, keeping the, the amount of weight or the resistance in check. Don't ego lift when you're doing BFR training. That's not the point, right? Your, your goal is not to increase the amount of exercise-induced muscle damage. Your, your goal is to create trauma through other methods, which is you know, blood flow stimulation, circulation, maximizing the pump, fascial stretch training. All that's going to happen under the right conditions with lower weights, higher volumes, and then properly adjusting the duration with the bands, right? Here's another one. I'm just going to throw this out there because you guys see a lot of influencer movements. And 
I want to kind of tease up something that that's uh, funny. Uh, I just mentioned my good buddy, Dr. Rick Ritchie. We're working on a little project here. You guys will definitely want to tune in over the coming weeks and months. I'm going to do maybe once a month, we'll drop a, we'll call it an NASM Mythbusters episode. And I want to take some influencer movements that may be correct and maybe they're not correct. Um, so one of those being the BFR movements, right? I see often athletes that are trying to achieve hypertrophy in the glutes and they will use the BFR bands on the upper thighs. And that obviously after now having a good understanding, right, of how BFR works, you can see where that would not have much of an effect at all um, on your glutes. That's not the intent. Uh, it would be for everything beneath the band where you're maximizing hypertrophy in the rest of the leg, right? Quads, hams, calves, and so on. So about once a month, though, I'd love to do some different explanation videos, kind of NASM style, Mythbuster style. We'll assess joint action. You know, how are the muscles and um, anatomy responding to this stimulus? And is there a benefit? Is it a good one? Should you keep it in your toolbox or not? So keep a lookout for that. Don't use BFR bands for your glutes. Use them for your legs and your arms. And then I'll leave you guys with one last thing here. If you have any pre-existing injuries or medical conditions, some good examples could be cancer, obviously, blood clotting, um, bone fractures, or osteoporosis. Um, definitely want to consult with your doctor always before starting any new training protocol. Um, otherwise, illness and even pregnancy. You know, I would probably avoid BFR training during pregnancy for obvious reasons. We don't want to you know, have any negative side effects or put uh, the client at risk. Otherwise, my summary and key takeaways here, BFR training, occlusion training is an excellent technique to keep back pocket when you're trying to mix things up, when you're going through a deload week, or if you have some sort of restriction on the amount of weight that you can lift. Great way to keep your body guessing, increase circulation and blood flow, and hopefully get that pump and build those muscles back a little bit bigger. That's all we have for today. Thank you as always for joining us, guys. Um, if you got value out of this episode, I encourage you to please do me a favor and share this with at least one friend. And of course, we will see you back on the next episode of the Peak Physique Podcast.